Tune Live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Positive Living. I am Patricia Raskin with a great show for you today. It's all about happiness, which is what we all want to achieve. And if you are listening live, which is today, Monday, uh, May 12th, between 11 and noon Pacific and 2 and 3 Eastern, you can certainly give us a call right here on voiceamerica.com, and you can give us a call at 866-472-5788. Okay, we have a great show. My guest today is Dindayal Morgan, who is the director and founder of the Pathfinder Institute, the School of Alternative Learning, and he has over 40 years of experience, including seminars, workshops, and private classes for adults and youth. He's the author of numerous books and articles, including his newest, Lone Wolf and the Company of Fools and Mystics, and he has a new DVD, which is The Nine Healing Practices from the Heart. Today we're talking about four principles for true happiness. Welcome, Dindayal. Thank you. Tell us about your new v- DVD, The Nine Healing Practices from the Heart. Oh, that's uh, that was um, kind of uh, one of those things where over all the years of studying different principles and systems and also a uh, practice that I started originally was the Kriya Yoga practice, um, what I started to understand and learn from different other systems uh, there were there are major healing methods, techniques that appealed to certain people. And, and, and what I found out that some of the practices, some people were able to grab and grasp as it was more something that sort of really related to them. So what I did, I put together nine principles, different, different types of practices. And I put it in a format where I made it as simplistic as I could and, and taking them through basic, basic movements and also I did years of experimenting with this also with myself and with also with my students. What I came up with was really superb methods of how to actually heal some of the deepest wounds that most of us suffer. You know, okay. So when you say that, you know, you've done so much work, um, healing work, and also there are some other things you do in terms of yoga. You've done a lot with yoga and taught so many public classes. So the question is, using kind of the body as well as the spirit and the mind, what's the first thing we really have to look at when we look at the heart and practices? I would say look at the nature of the body. Um, Sometimes, you know, and I've seen this so often in certain spiritual or religious practices where people, they just, you know, they really abuse the body and they don't take care of it or they don't feed it properly, or they assume things that really hurt the body. It's very hard to try to keep your mind steady when you're drinking uh, tons of um, you know, cola and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It, you know, you just can't maintain it. And so the first thing is to really uh, detoxify the body and clean it up in a way where you'll become more acceptable, you know, to being able to do the healing practices, which deal with physical movements, and then you integrate aspects of your thoughts and your mind with the movement to help really get the full benefit of it. All right. So 
Movement is absolutely a key. Hmm? Movement is absolutely a key. Yes, I mean, I, I like to use the term, and some of us in the movement psychology field, we, we coin the term ATM, awareness through movement. Because, you know, 75 to 80% of all communication is based upon body language. You really look at it very carefully. And then the rest is based upon tonization, how people use words and where they're speaking from. But as you start to notice the body language and you start to read into the based upon the principles of wind, water, ground, fire, and space, to really begin to see how we are always talking to each other. Mm-hmm. We're always doing it in these signals that we do, in these body gestures. Most people don't even know how to read into that, and so that's why we sometimes we attract certain types of people to us when we're wondering, why am I attracting this type of person or, or people? And the truth of the matter is that what happens, you, you've created this type of language, and it's so deeply rooted within the cell memory of the body that when you come out, to the world or you're mixing out with people, you're constantly giving this signal. Mm-hmm. All right. So what do you say when we are in a situation, Dandayan, I mean, you, you work a lot with the body and a lot with breath. What do you say to people who certainly want to heal their heart, but they find that they're in situations, let's say at work, for example, or even at home with people who are difficult and intimidate them or hurt their heart, how would you advise somebody who's living or working in a tough situation to protect themselves so they can move through it? Well, the first step is um, not to be in denial. Uh, you know, there's so many things going on, especially in a relationship. And a relationship is one of the key things in our, our, should I say, in our way of being because no matter what kind of relationship it is, whether it's business or whether it's an intimate relationship or whether it's just a temporary relationship that you're dealing with, corporations or whatever. But the whole aspect of relationship is see it for what it is. It's an old saying that has been said for centuries. I know you by how you move me. I know you by how you move me. So if I'm really honest with what I'm, what's going on inside of me, I feel this like, you know, each time I come around this person, uh, around this place, I really get nauseated, I get sick, or I feel this. There's something going on there that I need to look at. Or I'm in a relationship that is, is so traumatic, and I just, you know, I don't know how to get out of it. And I got so much, so many other things invested in, you know, my house, my home, my kids. You know, you got all these things going on, and it's like, how do I deal with it? So one of the first steps is to admit that you really have a problem. The second step is to carefully, carefully, I say, because a lot of times when you rupture or you try to, to separate yourself from a situation that you've been involved for years, it creates a rupture, and it creates what we call a chain reaction. It just really disrupts and destroys everything called angular energy. So one of the things that we want to do is to really look, once you have acknowledged that, first step is to do a self-healing. Self-healing starts with what we call one of the most basic, simple techniques, and that's acknowledging that I, can, I am capable of being loved. I am, I am true to myself. I, I know I feel love. I feel peace. even when. You, when you don't even you know, when there's things are happening around you that, that you don't feel. And the mirror technique is where you look at the mirror and you say to yourself, I forgive you, I love you. You know, and people say, well, that sounds very silly, sitting in the mirror. You know, it's just kind of, you know, but what they don't understand is that we live in a world of images. So when yeah. you look in the mirror and look at yourself and look in the eyes in the mirror, and you make a statement, a, a declaration to yourself, there's a part of your subconscious self. Says, this is stupid. This is so foolish. No, come on. 
you know, and, but there's another part of you, as you go deep into the eyes, which is the window of the soul, you start to see something. And I've known people, people from many different walks of profession have a difficult time doing that because a lot of, they often tell me this. And these are people that sometimes are very successful in what we call society. They say, I feel uncomfortable, man. I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel, I don't like how I look. You know, it's like all these statements and I'm looking at it and, and what's happening is that there's a part of them that is in denial of themselves and there's a part of them that don't really love themselves. So by saying the statement in the mirror, I love you, I forgive you, what you're doing, you're giving yourself permission to heal. But don't you think you have to do that, Dindayel, before you're going to encounter this person? Because sometimes what happens is you're already intimidated and you haven't, you haven't had that opportunity. So you kind of feel hit in a sense. So don't you need to do that ahead of time to prepare yourself? That's what I'm saying. You know, the first step is realize that I have a problem. You're not in denial. The second step is that you start working on yourself in front of the mirror. You know, you start working with yourself first. And once you start working with yourself, now people say, well, wait, wait a minute now. Uh, how long will something like that take? Because I'm on a timetable and I can't continue this. Yeah, exactly. It's killing me. One of the things that it would take takes from three to four weeks, within three to four weeks' time, start seeing things change. Now, some people have seen it in two weeks' time because they do it so intensely. And you do it periodically three times a day. And I would say, now, if you really want to really make some major hits and changes, like for 15 to 30 minutes, three times a day. Now, people say, well, I don't have time for that. But break it up in, break it up in segments. But the object is to really get in touch with yourself because, you, um, you know, there's a very powerful thing in, in the way of the voice, in the tonization, in, in what, what your subconscious mind hears as you're saying that and projecting that, that image in the mirror, which is the image of yourself. As you continue to do that, you really, now here's the thing. Those who are listening, if you really don't think this, this technique works, do an experiment. Go stand in the mirror and for like about five minutes, Talk into the mirror, but talk into the mirror, but say a statement that, you know, I forgive you, I love you, and watch how your body feels. Some of you will feel very uncomfortable. Some of you will feel, this is so stupid, you know, and some of you will start laughing, and some of you will start crying. Some of you feel like, oh, God, I could lose a little weight here. Mm -hmm. I look terrible. You know, all those things. Now, that is an indication that there's a part of you that needs to be put in check. You didn't feel nothing at all. It's like, I don't feel nothing. Uh, this is nothing, you know? If, you know, and that's a whole different story. But everyone that I have worked with over the years, I don't care who they are, for what walk of life they come from, they all have really felt something. Those that felt very uncomfortable, some of them actually stopped the practice because it was just too much because it brought up too much yeah. issues for them. Okay, all right, we're going to take a break on that note. And we're really talking today about how can we be happier and how can we be more fulfilled. My guest today is Dindyal Morgan, director and founder of the Pathfinder Institute, School of Alternative Learning. He has over 40 years of experience, including seminars, workshops, and many, many classes. And his newest book is Lone Wolf and the Company of Fools and Mystics. And his new DVD is Nine Healing Practices from the Heart. And when we come back, we're going to start talking about the four principles to true happiness. Uh, you can give us a call today at 866-472-5788 if you are listening on Monday, May 12th. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com With thousands of homes destroyed or damaged by fire, lots of people are wondering what to do next. If you are a wildfire survivor, SoCalHelp.org can help you find support and decide what to do, right now, wherever you are. This easy-to-use website is a place you can go to get immediate help with food, shelter, and important medications and start getting your life back on track. Get help now with insurance, legal issues, and find professional services like doctors and counselors. You can access contact information for national agencies, hotlines, and services that have the resources you need. You can also connect with other survivors and people who can help. For the answers and support you need to rebuild, visit SoCalHelp.org. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away. But then, time passes, and the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine, and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because, after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately, because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. And this program is all about turning your obstacles into opportunities, your problems into solutions, and really making your dreams happen. And today we are talking about the keys to happiness. I have a wonderful guest on today who I've had on the program before on Voice America. His name is Dindyle Morgan, and he's the director and founder of the Pathfinder Institute and the School of Alternative Learning, has over 40 years of experience with workshops and classes. And... Today he's, we're talking about happiness, and he's very, also really talks about the mind-body-spirit connection. He has been published um, inside Kung Fu Magazine and, and the journal International Association of Yoga Therapists. So we're talking about how do we really work with our mind-body-spirit to create happiness in our lives. Welcome back to Dial. Thank you. Thank you. And you can certainly call us at 866-472-5788. Let's talk about the first principle of happiness. Yes. Uh, The first principle is, ah, God, so the key. And the first principle is be truthful to yourself. Or the old saying from the big book, that I own self true. And that first step is not deny that you are who you are and you look how you look. Once again, I was speaking about earlier about we live in a society of images. People yes. are usually judged by how they look, by 
content of their character, of who they are as a person. And so, first step. Now, being true to yourself has to do with basically understanding, okay, what am I really about here in this world? Um, what part do I play in here called this thing called life? And if so, um, how can I, what are the first steps in which I can start to be true to myself? And the first step is to look at, and this is something that um, The Secret talks about, and that yes. talks about intention and about focus. And if you can take your thoughts down from your mind of the kind of things that you feel you are, what you've been to yourself and what you've been to others and, and how you've been in the world, and just jot down information, just jot down stuff pertaining to what I like and what I don't like. Um, what is it about me that, you know, people find that, you know, I can work with them on? I mean, even the most silliest thing, but jot it down. By doing that, you're taking what we call the thoughts that are just constantly going on in the mind, and you're putting it down on tangible substance called paper. The minute you put down your thoughts, your imagination down on paper, it becomes rounded. Mm-hmm. It's called integrative thinking. Yes. You know, so that's very important, is really writing it down. It's, it's, it's essential. If you want to, you can even, if you write it down, you can also talk into a, into a tape play or something. It's something where it is no longer in what we call the ethers now. It's in it's tangible. It's on what we call this three dimensional world called this planet Earth materiality. Now it has substance. Now it has a way of that now you can feed it and nurture it and it starts to grow. That's the first step. Down. Move to the second one? Sure. Second one is establish life purpose and direction. Established life, purpose, and direction, which is the thing that actually lead it, lead it into the writing down things that I like and I don't like. Now, what does that mean? Um, at, you know, people have been working a nine-to-five job, and, you know, and they really haven't really thought about stuff like this. This is very, very challenging because it's like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what direction I want to go. But here's the thing you do know. You know what you won't do. You know what you don't like. Mm-hmm. So you start off with something with things that basically is really basic. What is it that you don't like? Write it down. Now you'll find out that the things that you don't like have a very opposite effect of the things that you do like. How you want to be in the world. People always make excuses for not being able to pursue their life purpose because a number of things they say. Well, I don't make enough money. Well, I can't do this. I got all these kids, and it's just just too much, and I, I don't have time for this. You can make time for yourself. The time it takes one to go to the bathroom, for the time it takes one to walk around the block. I mean, you can take time to jot down things and ideas. Just feed into it each day. You do it day by day. You know, day by day. You know, it's the same thing with habits. There's an old split. Yeah, here's here's the question that I had around that. You know, when you talk about, um, you know, making it happen and, and making sure that um, that you vision it correctly and really being there with the thoughts, um, what happens when you are doing that and you're talking about what you don't want? So, for example, well, I'm afraid that I won't make enough money or I'm afraid that I'm not good enough to really make it in my field. My question is, should you 
even feed those negative thoughts? Should you just be affirming the positive, or should you be looking at those negative thoughts to see what's blocking you? Well, here's the thing, um, and I give you an analogy of uh, say you're traveling alone um, in a car, and you happen to run run into what we call a serious accident that just happened, and I mean you're driving the car and you have to drive past it, and the in the now, as you're driving past it, you see it, it's pretty, pretty bad. You see the blood and everything, everything is passing there. Uh, it's very troubling, and it's like, God, I, I hope it works. I hope everything is okay for those folks. And, you know, and so, you you know, you pass on, you move on. Now you're going down the road, up to, you know, a few miles down the road and stuff like that. And, you know, mind reflects back onto what you just seen, it, a terrific accident. And... You know, you, you say, well, you know, this, that is something. Now, as time moves on, um hour, two hours have passed. Um, you're not really thinking about it anymore because, you know, you, you don't, you're not giving the energy for it because it's like I, in the moment I was there, I passed by it, I saw it, very traumatic, and it really touched me deeply. But there's no need for me to keep thinking on it now. Three or four hours have passed. It's like, wow, it's just... It's, you know. So that's the same thing when... And you, the minute you bring up an issue from the past, mm-hmm. you can either feed it, and it can take you for hours, and it can take you for days, and for some people, it took them years. They still hold on to something that happened years ago. So what happens is they're not able to let it go. Now, here's the thing. This is what you're leading to. Now, the question is, okay, how do you let go of the pain of the past? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's and that's, that is a hard part. That is a hard part because... This is something that I've discussed with other guests is that sometimes you suppress that pain and it keeps coming up. And at some point, Dindiel, it's going to get into your body. It's going to affect, you know, your muscles. So how do you work to release that? Because if you keep saying, no, I'm not going to think about it or, no, I'm not going to feel it, and you push it down, it's getting pushed down, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. One of the healing practices from my uh, DVD is called the flower blossoming technique where you um, you make a statement. You put the hands over the heart, and you can stand up with this or sit down. It all depends on what kind of physical condition you are. But what you do, you put your hands over your heart. You place your left hand over your right. Place it over your heart and over your chest. And then what you say, I give myself permission to let go of the pain and the hurt of the past. As you bend down into the embryonic pose, say it out loud vocally, give myself permission to let go of the pain of the past. And as you come up, I surrender with love and joy mm-hmm. in my life. What you're doing, you're confirming that. You're confirming that, that I give myself permission. Now, people say, well, you know, please, just by saying that, that's opposed to rectify something that's been been in me for 30 or 40 years or 50 years. Come on. Truth of the matter, yes, you can break past the pattern. Because, you know, the whole thing behind anything that have ever happened to us has a lot to do with self-talk. You have talked mm-hmm. ourselves into everything until we believe it. And once you believe it, you start to behave it. And once you behave it, it becomes you. Now it becomes solid. Now you got to break through the barrier. And based upon the experience and the researches, it takes approximately... 30 days. Within 30 days of time of constant saying something consistently over and over again, you start to believe it. And it's, that's the same thing about propaganda. It keeps 
saying something over and over to people who don't believe. You keep saying it long enough, uh, people will start to believe it, even when they initially didn't believe it in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so the thing you want to do is continue to do some positive aspects by saying that, that statement. The whole principle behind the science of the movement is that when I'm in an embryonic state, I'm in my mother's womb. This is the state in which we all came from. And I say, I give myself permission to let go of the pain and hurt of the past. And as I come up out of it, I open up my arms and I surrender. You know, and I surrender to the loves and the joys of my life, which is a part of me, not a part from me. I am a part of creation, an integrative aspect of me, not something separate from me or somebody up, up in the sky, but it's something right now inside of me that I'm a part of that I have forgotten. All right. We're going to move to break. Before we do, um, Tendaya, how can people get a hold of you? Um, you can contact me at pathfinerinstitute.com. That's pathfinerinstitute.com. Or uh, 925-695-3121. 925-695-3121. And also, for those of, the, those of you that are listening, uh, you're welcome to um, go to my website. I want to offer a free meditative, um, meditative CD for those of you that are listening now. And so what you do, you just go online and say that you were listening to the show, and uh, we'll, we can have a uh, CD downloaded for you. Okay. All right. Terrific. All right. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more to Dindial Morgan about happiness. My guest today is Dindial Morgan, who's the director and founder of the Pathfinder Institute, and he has several books. One is called Lone Wolf, and he also has a wonderful CD called The Nine Healing Practices from the Heart. We're talking about the four principles to true happiness. Stay tuned, folks. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Attention swimmers, get out of the water. Everybody out of the water immediately. Dude, is that? It's a pair of thunder thighs. Big ones, too. That mom who's been swimming a lot with her kids must have lost them. Well... I heard about this happening once up at Laguna. Small step number 54. Play with your kids. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. I'm Shannon Brown with FedEx, proud sponsor of Matcha Dan's premier walking event, March for Babies, formerly known as Walk America. FedEx and March of Dimes has a common objective, and that is deliveries on time. More babies begin healthy lives because of March of Dimes programs, and we can do even more, but we have to walk to get there. Join the March for Babies. Sign up at marchforbabies.org. Have you ever thought about having your own Internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again. 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com. 
morning, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. And if you're calling today on May 12, 2008, you can call us live between 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern and 11 and noon p.m. Pacific, and that would be 866-472-5788. We're talking about happiness and sometimes the blocks to happiness and the path to happiness. My guest today is Dindyle Morgan, who's the director and founder of the Pathfinder Institute, School of Alternative Learning. He has over 40 years of experience, including seminars, workshops, private classes with adults and youth. His newest book is Lone Wolf in the Company of Fools and Mystics, and his new new DVD is The Nine Healing Practices from the Heart. We're talking about the four principles to true happiness. Welcome back, Dindyal. Thank you very much. All right. Um, You know, something I said to you during the break, I said, you know, it's so easy to talk about these principles, and it's really so difficult to apply them. Because one of the things you said to me was, you know, it's all about being here now and living in the moment and appreciating the moment. Why is it that that's so hard for so many of us, Dindyal? Well, it has a lot to do with the program. Um, I mean, I can speak about personal experience that um, growing up on, uh, you know, on the south side of Chicago, um, growing up and growing in po- you know, I grew up in poverty, so that was a way in which we bought into, uh, you know, the welfare system, grandmother, grandmother, you know, and so there's a way in which we thought that we could be no better than what we are, and uh, the only, you know, the only way that we were able to break that pattern, the only way that I was able to break that pattern that I said, no, it's got to be more than this. It's got to be more than this. It can't be just, this is not all it is. You know, you eat and you work hard and then you die. Come on. It's got to be more than this. And so it caused me to go outside of what we, what we call my comfort zone, or what, mm-hmm. what we call my pattern. When the minute I did that, that's the thing, that's the key for a lot of us. The minute you decide that enough is not enough, I need to do something different here got to be something better because what happens is that inquisitive mind starts to reach out beyond it's what we call its boundaries. And the minute you do that, you start attracting the other possibilities that you've never felt before. All of a sudden, you realize, like what I did, I realized, like, wow, you can live a full, full life. You can maintain yourself. You can be a part of, you know, being able to be a contributor to society, you know, and be able to know, self-sustain yourself instead of depending on the government, you know, and it's like, wow, and I began to realize these things, and then as I went, I started to really explore these things, I started actually having experiences of being able to be out there, you know, and have you know, have my book out there, and have my writings and people listening, you know, because I'm based on my experience and what I've done, and you know, you get it and get published in an international magazine and, and, and just all these things that a little kid from the west side of Chicago that was born over would never thought could happen, you know, and born in the ghetto. And then, and then you're told certain things by based upon our society and, and people that you could never be any better than what you are because after all, look at where you come from, mm-hmm. you know. And so we've, what, what have happened to us as a society and as a people, we have bought into what you know, people have told us. And one of the things that really, really affects us is those people that are close, usually our mothers, our fathers, our uncles. Those are the ones, because as we grow up, and also what we see in the motion pictures and what we see on television, those are the, like, programs to us. And if we're surrounded by people that always tell you, you can never be in a way because you don't look like her. You don't look like him. 
what happens is you start to develop this complex of not being good enough, or you don't feel, you know, you feel insecure. And so what happens, you start to really buy into it, and once you buy into it, you believe it to be true. So someone or something comes along and shows you different. And like I said, the only reason why I changed because there was something that came through. There was a person that said something. There was a situation that arose that caused me to think differently, that there was a possibility of living a different lifestyle. So, you know, I think that that comes up to the whole part when you said someone said something to you about role models, about support, and just how very important it is to get the support that we need. Definitely. I mean, that's the whole thing behind the uh, step three, which is the positive affirmations. I was saying that earlier. I was in a, in, a, in a different way, but it's the whole thing of affirmation and, and declaration. When you make a declaration about, no, I want better. I, no, I am one with life. I surrender to the loves and joys of my life. No? And I let go of the past. There's a proclamation declaration that you say, and as you keep saying a thing, you say it long enough, it will start to saturate and start to really get into your cell memory. Because everything that we have ever done in this planet, everything, from childhood up until our adulthood, is locked within the cell memory. I mean, there's a book by Dr. Deepak Chopra talks about optimum healing. He talks yes. about the same principles of cell memory and how sometimes we forget that and we think that you know, we're in control, but in truth, we're in control by we're controlled by the things of the past. They come up and they resurface constantly when we're in certain relationships or situations, and people overreact and they say, "Why did you do that? I just said this. Why are you overreacting this way?" It's not so much as you, but it's the situation that has not been resolved from the past. You know, and then once we move from the past of really doing what we call a decoration that is clear, and it doesn't take that much time. That's the thing that most people don't understand. And they don't have the patience because they do it a couple of days or so. Well, ain't nothing happening. They don't understand that it's the same effect if you're driving on the freeway going 75 miles an hour. All of a sudden, you have to stop immediately. What happens is you're scared. And then it comes to a stop. It's the same thing with life. The minute you want to get off this nightmarish lifestyle, you put your foot on the brake. Like this has to stop. But what happens? What people don't understand is when they put the foot on the brake, you're still in it. This is why a lot of times when people start a new program or they start a new change in their life, nothing is happening. You know, and they see it for like a couple of days or maybe close to a week, and they see it. Well, I'm saying all this stuff and I'm doing this, but ain't nothing happening. I'm still in the same problem. What you don't understand is what it is is that you have to keep your foot on the brake until it comes to a complete stop so you can get off this nightmarish train. Once you're able to come to a, because you will come to a, to a complete stop because there will be something within that week, a week and a half, well, it will start to saturate, and you'll start to feel different. And then step away little by little and totally until you totally eliminate yourself from this negative aspect that you hold on to which leads to the fourth aspect of yeah. healing. I want to go back to that, though, to the one that you just talked about in terms of holding on to the image of yourself. Um, the challenge that I see there is that when you hold on to the image and it's there very clear in your mind and you're not seeing it happen right away, that's when we all think it's discouraged. Yeah. And so it's, it's getting validation that we're on the right track. Um, knowing and believing and having faith and trust in that. Yeah, but if you're surrounded by a situation where you, you have a home environment where nobody is in that same that space for you, if anything, they're very negative, 
You know, always kind of That's in. tough to dial. Yeah, and so most people live in that environment. So here they are, they're stepping away from what we call the tribe. And if you step away from the tribe, uh, you're going to be ostracized, or you're going to be talked about, or you're going to have a problem. And most people, because they don't have enough self-esteem, they fall right back into the situation, only to be worsened. Now there's some kind of major illness that starts to trigger as they can't escape, as they're caught into what we call a vice. The only way that you can get out of the vice is first, first feel the hope that it can be, that you can actually change. You surround yourself with people that are positive, enough scale. You go to maybe a meeting or a temple or somewhere where you feel supported. Maybe it's a male support group or a female support group. But you reach out and touch these people. And this doesn't require that you have to have money in order to be connected to these you just come there and you and you wash you just sort of wash your opinion and you got people there that are actually making progress in their lives. So here you come into this group and environment where you they're supporting and supporting you in who you are, who you need to be. Now you meet once or twice a week, meeting with these folks or these or this temples or this church that is very positive, very upscale. Now you start to get feels feels the strength. I give yourself approximately about thirty days in, in this environment, being around these people. And, and also encouraging yourself, you watch movies, watch movies that are very positive and very upscale. Mm-hmm. It teaches you something, really has some, some substance. So really what you're saying is just keep feeding the mind and the soul with the things you want. Exactly. And keep doing that. It's, you know, when you talk about movies, when you think about some of the movies, like the movie that just won the Oscar, and, oh, you know, No Country for Old Men, which is about a serial killer. And here yeah. it got all of these awards, and yet it was very, very dark. But it's a disturbing thing. Uh, see, this, most people say that if you really want to know what's going on with society and where we're leading and where we're going toward, look at the movies and look at the things that gave, got Academy Awards compared to 1960s or 1970s or 80s, the type of movies that were given awards. Something is happening. Even now, um, you know, my son is involved with motion pictures and stunt work and stuff in L.A. and over in Santa Monica. And, you know, I sit with him and I come over occasionally to go over there and I, you know, and we're talking, you know, a lot of some of the celebrities around there. And one of the disturbing things about the market now is that a lot of the CEOs and stuff like that are of the ages from late 30s to 40s, and a lot of them are, are comic book guys. They grew up in the comic books and stuff. So now we see this trend of what we call superhero. We're looking for a superhero. There's a part of us as a society. We want somebody to save us. We want a superhero that can fight the injustice. So we got these people like Iron Man. we got... Oh, Captain America, and we have many other things like, uh, you know, X-File and X-Men and, and all these things that are really, it, this, 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 what is this saying to us? What is it that we, we thrive? Because these movies could not exist if we did not want to see them. And so there's a way that we're looking for a superhero, something, someone that we can sort of, sort of like help us get through this, you know? And that tells us a lot about where society is at, even where we're at now with the war and everything that is happening right at this moment. People need healing. This is where I, I, I felt the strong inclination with the healing DVT because we need to heal ourselves. We need to come back to our own. We don't need to get caught up in what we call mass hysteria. Mass hysteria is what's happening at this moment called fear, the fear, you know, the fear process where, you know, one person said, well, you, if this happens, well, well, we need to jack up the gas price because, look, this is what's going on. And everybody gets afraid and everybody gets scared. And, all, and then everybody, you get everybody falling the same way. 
And he asked him, what are you afraid about? I don't know, but he was afraid, too, so I just got afraid, too. I'm just following him. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that kind of stuff is, is very destructive for us as a society. We must learn how to heal each ourselves. And if it takes one person at a time, at least we're doing something instead of just falling into what yes. we call the mass. And when people come to the Pathfinder Institute, that's the kind of work you do. Are there yoga classes? Are there spiritual classes? Yes, there's spiritual classes. The whole basis behind my practice in the movement class is based upon a spiritual principle, uh, not something of what we call, here's the thing, not what we call a blind faith type of thing where, well, you know, let's do this anyhow, and, but look at actual methods and techniques that work, that have been passed down for, from eons long ago, that work. Apply yourself physically along with your body and your mind. It's called integration of the whole self, not separation from the self. Most people do things, they do this thing, and they separate themselves from what we call a divine aspect of themselves. They put the divine out there, they put themselves over here. And by doing that, what happens, they create this disruption and disconnection. It's, it's like the left and the right brain is at odds with each other because you don't really want to be supportive of each other. And so what happens, you have this great thing, an idea, and I really believe this can happen. You say this, and then there's another party who say, oh, this ain't, you know, ain't going to happen. I'm not worthy enough, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not pure enough. And so, and so what happens, you separate yourself from the aspect of your divine self. The divine self and you are one. It's the same thing that exists within you. It always has been. But we have been separated from ourselves based upon society and based upon certain certain statuses in organized religion. So what we want to do, we want to look at coming back to ourselves and connecting with that divine aspect of ourselves. All right. All right, and we're going to take a break. My guest is Dindyal Morgan, and you can go to his website. And your website, Dindyal, is? PathfinerInstitute.com. Okay. PathfinerInstitute.com. All right, you're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What's it like? What's it like? It's lonely. It's really lonely. I miss my brother. I miss my brother. I'm surrounded by other people, but it's not the same. I've got other people around me, but it's not the same. It's pretty scary, but I don't let it rattle me. It's scary around here, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to get me. I'm always wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Hey kid, over here, inside your radio. Name's Ralph. I'm an energy hog. Hey, if you're going to waste energy in your home, I'm going to pig out on it. (laughs) Anyway, I got a deal for you. There's this new website called energyhog.org. Forget about it. It teaches kids how to get rid of us energy hogs. So you promise not to log on to energyhog.org, and I promise not to eat your radio. Deal? 
A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. Today we are talking about happiness with the director of the Pathfinder Institute and the founder, Indyle Morgan, who uh, has a school of alternative learning and has over 40 years of experience, including seminars, workshops, and private classes with adults and with youth. He's the author of numerous books and articles, including his newest, Lone Wolf and the Company of Fools and Mystics, and his new DVD, The Nine Healing Practices from the Heart. We're talking about four principles to true happiness. Welcome back. Thank Dial. you. Thank okay, you. tell me again uh, for listeners the website, please. Pathfinder, pathfinderinstitute.com. That's Pathfinder. F I N D E R. Institute, all one word, pathfinderinstitute.com. Okay, all right. And also for the listeners, um, those of you that are listening now, this moment. Uh, I want to offer a free meditative CD to you. So you go online and say that you've listened to the radio show and uh, we'll set up something where you can download it. Great. That's Great. wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Your fourth principle for happiness. Yes. The fourth principle has to do with, now some people say it should be first, but it says life owns everything called the spiritual approach. Uh, spirit became, uh, as we know, some level. Um, spirit existed before matter. It had such, and if you want to use the quotes, uh, and the spirit moved upon the face of the earth or the face of the deep. The concept of spirit has to do with energy. It has to do with that that substance that we are actually stewards in this world. And I, our objects, objective aspect is to help others. If we are skillful in whatever we may be doing. It is our responsibility as one human being to another to help someone need or someone that can learn to help themselves. The old Chinese proverb is that if you give a man a fish or a woman, they eat for the day. If you teach them how to fish, they eat forever. So the object is to teach people how to fish, what we call the oceans of emotions. By being able to do that, they become self-sufficient, not dependent. Any real teacher, those of you in the in listening in, up there, any real teacher, he or she will always throw the ball back to you. He or she will always encourage you to be self-sufficient. Don't depend on me. Don't work on developing, becoming self-sufficient in yourself, so we can be able to be supportive, helping others. This is how we grow. This is how we evolve. That's the nature of the whole thing behind. So the whole thing of life owns everything is that really taking a spiritual approach. Most people, as we are in this world, sometimes we don't even understand the nature of the spirit. And we say if you're born into a certain aspect of your family where you have a very material aspect. So talk about spirit, it's hard to really visualize that or feel that because you've gotten everything you wanted physically because, you know, you're in this 
domain of uh, the materiality, you know, what happens, you miss the part. And so one of the things in the way of the spirituality, we have to bring a balance. You have to realize that spirit, mind, and body work together. It's what I said earlier. In living in this world, there must be an integrative thinking, an integrative method of how you sustain and hold yourself together. There are so many people that talk about the spiritual thing, and what they do is they abstain and they use their bodies because they feel the body is unholy. And the truth of the matter is that it's not, it's not true. The body is very sacred. It's the temple. You take care of it like anything else, and it's a part of your physical and your emotional and your mental mm-hmm. well-being. It's, it's all connected together. It's part of the unit that you work together, not separate from. What usually happens when people take just the whole aspect of spirituality, they get into trouble because they can't function in what we call the material world, but they can't function in the world of being in the world. The object is to bring a balance between the material and the spiritual aspect of being, understanding that I, I need to work, I need to be able to generate resources and money, I need to also be able to be, able to be connected to my divine aspect of myself. Mm-hmm. Those are the key things. Once we start to look at those things, as I said earlier about be true to yourself is the first key. Second key, establish life purpose and direction. Second key. The third key is the positive affirmation, declaration. And the fourth key is life owns everything, spiritual approach. Once we really begin to understand the nature of what that really means, life changes in your life. You take on what we call life becomes an adventure. It won't become like, oh, here we go, get up in the morning and oh, God. I don't want to deal with this. Oh, this is... No, they're wonderful principles. And one thing I I would like to address, because we're toward the end of the show, is a tip for people who are going through the following. You talked about your background and, you know, how you were pouring on the streets, and it really was very difficult. I mean, you had to really overcome a lot. What do you say to and you and you've transformed your life, Dindayel, through your work and your teaching and and as I say in my work, I teach others what I need to learn most for, my, for myself, okay. and very much so. And we're the best teachers because we've had to go through it. So, what do you say to somebody listening and thinking, you know, I, I'm just in a in a really tough family situation, and uh, it, I almost feel like there's no hope. How do you help somebody who is there where you were? to first grab some hope in their life? Put out the, put out the call. Um, it is known, it is the truth that is known that all life is energy. It's happened to be housed in what we call physical flesh and blood and bone bodies. All life is energy. If I intentionally put out a call, like putting out a signal, SOS call, put it out there and just look and say, oh, ye powers that be, Whatever it is, because a lot of times people get to a point where nothing is happening. They get lean toward the atheistic aspect. It's like, oh, this is something else. They lean to, uh, you know, well, I'm not worthy enough. This is why this, I'm not being heard. You know, all these things that they start assuming. But the truth of the matter is, if you put out a call and say, I really want to stop, please direct me to somewhere, someone I need to. And intentionally, you hold the intention out there. If you hold the intention out there, be open to how it may appear. They appear in certain ways. So what happens is you're in the stream. In other words, you're not on the on the outside of the stream waiting for something to happen. We're not talking not talking about that. 
talking about being in the stream of life. Do the things that are necessary to reach towards the goal of being happy. Pick up a book. Uh, be involved. Go to like a little um, a meeting of some sort that has to do with people that want into a progressive, you know, something, even this one time going down there. Look at a progressive movie. Some, but do something that you're in the stream of life moving toward what we call the chain. I repeat again, most people forget this and they really miss out. What happens is people, they fall back on their loins and they get this thing of that, um, you know, some being, you know, God, God is going to just do it for me. And the whole concept of, you know, I don't need to do anything. See, I just have to wait. And so with this, this whole object of waiting has like a, what we call it, like Hamriel type of concept. It's the old primitive aspect of waiting for something to happen or looking at the signs when the mm-hmm. truth of the matter is you have to be with it as the signs change. In other words, you have to be moving with life. And, stay, and look for the signs is what you're saying. Exactly. But this, here's the thing. You're looking for the signs, but you, as you're looking for the signs, you're moving with life. You're not stationary somewhere on the sideline. Most people, when they do life, they get into the stationary thing and sitting and waiting for something to be dropped through a keyhole or something. And it doesn't work that way. And everybody knows people have, have, have often said, well, you know, I've been doing a such and such. Ain't nothing happened, you know. I've been waiting for 25 years and that person hasn't came yet, you know. All these kind of statements because they don't know what they're doing, because they're doing something and they're expecting something to be dropped down into them when they have to be in life. In order for life to work with you, you must be integrated, integrated with life in order for you to see mm-hmm. the change because it, it will happen very, very quickly as you're right. moving with it. You're moving toward the direction. That's imperative. You're moving toward the direction of change. Right. So really look for the signs. Look for yes. the cues. Look for the miracles. As, but as you're moving toward the direction, we yes. must be moving toward the direction of the things that you want, even yes. though it may be, appear to be impossible, but move toward the direction. Thank you so much for being on the program, Dindale. It's really inspirational. And people can contact you at pathfinderinstitute.com. And um, they can get a copy of a CD? A free um, Yoga Heart Meditative Use CD. Those who are listening, take advantage of it. Um, open for this particular time frame, uh, this particular day. Thank you. Go, go on the website and um, make sure that you say that you will listen to the show and we'll get that for you and we'll give you that. We'll send you the, uh, the special download link to get it. Okay. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure having you on the program. My Thank guest you. today is Dindal Morgan. You can log on to PathfinderInstitute.com. And he is the founder and director of the Pathfinder Institute. And his DVD is Nine Healing Practices from the Heart. And he really has some wonderful things to say about happiness. Folks, each week, I always say when we close our shows, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, which we talked about a lot today, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. Have a wonderful Monday and a wonderful week. been listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to raskinresources.com and tune in next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, right here on voiceamerica.com.